Well, welcome to Carving a New Path. The focus of this podcast is filled with stories and tools and resources to pause and reflect on the life you are living and who you want to become. Most of us were raised in a society that encourages productivity and do, do, do. And then when a life circumstance, like a job layoff or an illness or the birth or death of a loved one, or something else that disrupts your daily routine. It gives you a chance to pause and reflect on your life, a chance to practice going inward. Well, the show today is called May is for Meta, and my guest is my good friend, Beth Terrence. She is the founder and facilitator of May is for Meta, 31 Days of Loving Kindness Meditation and Exploration. She is a shaman, holistic health practitioner, and recovery coach. She lives in Annapolis, Maryland, and this year marks the 10th year of her leading the virtual May is for Meta program. And I'll just tell you up front, there is a link in the comment on how, in the comment section here of how to join May is for Meta 2020 group, and we will remind you about that at the end of the show. So welcome, Beth. Hi, Andrea. So happy to be here with you on your new show. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a new adventure. We obviously have had many conversations on the radio and Zoom and in groups, but this is a, a new beginning, it feels like, for us of carving a new path. Mm-hmm. So Beth, let's dive right into the topic. Um, The first thing I want to ask you is, what is Meta? And what is May is for Meta? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, So uh, Meta is a meditation practice that originates from Buddhist traditions. And the original name for the practice is Meta Bhavana which comes from the Pali language. And I just wanted to share the meaning of that. So uh, metta is translated as love, um, but not in the romantic sense of love, in more of the idea of friendliness um, or kindness. So that's where the term loving kindness um, comes from. That's um, frequently um, used um, as as the description of metta. And also um, I did want to share for people who are interested, um, although Metta originates in Buddhist tradition, loving kindness meditation, which is um, often you'll see the acronym LKM, um, is a meditation practice um, that's derived from that, that is a secular practice. So people can, you know, can do it based on um, you know, whatever their personal beliefs are. They don't have to become a, a Buddhist um, to do the practice. Um, and the Bhavana, um, Metta Bhavana, um, has to do with development or cultivating so building that foundation or structure for yourself in the um in the energy or the quality of loving kindness that's what the practice is all about and it um it has a few parts um so i'll just mention those um there's the the essence of it is cultivating that feeling or quality of um loving kindness and then there's the use of phrases um which are repeated um, just an example is like, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be free of suffering, may I have ease of well-being. Um, and the practice always starts with that cultivation of uh, loving kindness and then offering metta to ourselves. 
And so um, that's a foundational element of the practice. Um, and then later it's extended out to, to different categories. And I'll just mention those. There's a benefactor mentor. Um, I say beloved, which is a family, family member or close friend, a neutral being, um, traditionally called an enemy or a difficult person, and all beings. Um, and that could be a, all beings without exception, <laughs> or um, groups, larger groups of beings, like all women or all children. So um, there's an opportunity to really connect with ourselves to connect with others and with the world and you know particularly right now in our current um, situation with the COVID crisis you know a lot of us are in isolation and so um, and we might feel helpless in a lot of ways and so this is a practice that can help really um, cultivate connection as well as those feelings and qualities of loving kindness and compassion. Um, and I, there, I just wanted to read something. Um, the description, again, I mentioned um, the foundation of that is really the feeling or the quality of loving kindness. And um, it said um, that the Buddha described that as a mother's love for her child, mm. as that kind of quality. And so um, I just wanted to read um, just a description that comes from um, the Metta Sutta, which is a Buddhist text um, that talks about metta. Um, it says, just as with her own life, a mother shields from hurt her own son, her own child, let all embracing thoughts for all beings be yours. Cultivate an embracing mind of love. I seem to be missing the next page. So we're going to leave it there. <laughs> and I think that's a reflection of, of what a practice is also is that sometimes you don't have all the lines or of something and you focus on one line. I, I want to say two things. First, I love it that you really brought in the fact that there's a foundation of Buddhism and that it, there is, this is, can be seen as a secular practice that love for ourselves, love for the mother as in the earth, or how do we nurture ourselves, the self-love, the, uh, yeah, loving kindness for ourselves, loving kindness for the, right now we have quite a, oh, there's a rabbit that just hopped by. I was going to say there's lots of animals around here and squirrels and raccoons and, you know, different surprises um, every day and lots of birds. And tuning into that is is the love the cultivating and so instead of focusing on fear or uncertainty or you know that that and uh so you and i've got all kinds of things going on there's a cat oh. knocking on the door to come in so <laughs> the animals heard us <laughs> we do meta for the animals <laughs> right right meta for the animals it's like they're all saying like i want to be a part of this too mm -hmm. um feeling the energy of that so i i just want to say that for the listeners that Anytime you hear something that is started from a religious practice, it doesn't have to connect to the religion unless you want it to, that there's mm -hmm. a way of taking the, the good from, from the experience and then adapting it to your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to just add on to that, um, that, you know, almost all spiritual traditions 
uh, have some type of practice that's centered around, you know, loving kindness or love and compassion, cultivating that. So it definitely, um, I think it's, although, you know, the, the roots are in Buddhism, um, that, that, that idea of cultivating those qualities is something that's universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I just, I had thought to mention, there's actually a lot of research today on loving kindness meditation mm-hmm. and that there's benefits like on all levels, body, mind, emotion, spirit. So um, I know um, sometimes it's helpful to get a sense of you know, kind of how science meets spirituality and just have the sort of the how and the why as much as the what. <laughs> so, um, you know, just some things that meta helps with increasing positive emotions and um, decreasing negative emotions is something they found in the research, um, particularly um, been found to be helpful reducing chronic pain, um, PTSD and migraines, um, as well as some other things. Um, and then they study um, with many different kinds of meditation now changes in the brain I found that it actually helps increase the gray matter volume of the brain. So that really helps like with our cognitive function and um, decision making and things like that. Um, they found it slows biological aging. So that's, <laughs> that's a plus. Um, and actually a lot of meditation practices also help boost immune, the immune um, system. So that's something we definitely need right now as well. Mm-hmm. And then just more, um, uh, you know, on a sort of um, uh, change level. And this was one that was one of the reasons I really connected with Meta. I'll talk a little more about later yeah, is that that for self-criticism oh. and, you know, that inner critic. Um, and then it overall just increases empathy and compassion and our sense of um, connection, social connection um, to others, which also right now is, you know, we're challenged in how to find that sense of connection. So. Um, so that's well let's segue right into that then that if you could share a story I mean one of the things that I really want the listeners to hear and to understand is that many times the practice that we're drawn to is because something has been happening in our lives that we're either seeking or longing for or we've had I call it a disruption to our lives, but it's it many times it can be loss or grief or trauma, you know, that what that disruption is, is you're going along, you've got a routine in your life, and then you get in touch with some pain that you're in, or you get in touch with a longing that's there. So Beth, share a story about how you got started, how Maze for Meta came into your life, or Meta. I'm always like, I always think of you as like the May is for Meta Queen. So it's hard to just say a Meta practice or a loving kind of practice. Sure. Um, Yeah. And I I will, you know, I'll share a little bit more about what May is for Meta maybe as we go along. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I was introduced to Meta in my, um, sometime in my 20s. Um, I had been meditating. I actually had found meditation as a teenager. It was um, something that really helped me in my life um, as I moved through a lot of life challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, and then in my 20s, I lived in New York City and really had the opportunity to go to a, a lot of different meditation classes. And um, there were some Buddhist centers in, in, in New York City. Um, and so I was introduced to Metta. Um, and a couple of different, um, you know, trainings that I had gone to. 
um, but one of my teachers really uh, focused a lot on meta and I just um, it was a practice I really connected with um, because of that energy of um, loving kindness and particularly um, compassion and self-compassion and you know I already mentioned having that strong inner critic um, I was really struggling at that time in my life actually with um, with addiction and um, the effects of trauma on my life, not even um, understanding about PTSD um, mm -hmm. and also trying to find my way in the world, <laughs> you know? And so feeling very um, lost and in a lot of pain. And, um, and I also had the physical condition of fibromyalgia, which I was um, diagnosed when I was 20. So um, I was using holistic tools to support me with that, but, you know, just in terms of my life. Um, and I found um, sort of a home in Metta practice because it just, um, it helped me to connect with myself and begin to offer those qualities to myself. Mm -hmm. And it was hard at first because I definitely had a lot of resistance and that's something that um, uh, it can come up in the practice. And the, and the Dalai Lama talks a lot about that, about how um, when he first came to the West, um, he noticed that it was very hard for Western practitioners who were learning meditation and metta to really offer that love and compassion to ourselves. We're, we tend to be taught, you know, love others first, or maybe it's selfish to love ourselves. So, um, so that really helped me in my own um, uh, relationship with myself and sense of um, uh, just self-awareness, but also uh, self-acceptance. And, and I found it helped in my healing as well. Um, and then the other thing is, as the practice extends out to others, um, like I lived in New York City and, you know, you see a lot of suffering on a daily basis, you know, particularly, um, you know, I worked a lot with the homeless at that time and just wherever you went, um, you know, and whether it was a homeless person or a person, you know, on the subway who you could just tell was really hurt, suffering or, you know, hurting in, in some way you couldn't always do something uh, about it in an outward way, but I began to practice metta actually um, taking the subway from my apartment in Queens to, <laughs> to where I worked in Manhattan was often where I did my morning meditation practice. And so I would do metta on the subway and, um, or wherever I was walking. Um, but it really, um, you know, I mean, I can't say I know it created relief for the people that I saw, but it helped me to have that, sense of connection and feel like I can offer something when, you know, because you could certainly can't always offer money or a meal or something like that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I think it really helps to, you know, cultivate connection as well. Um, and a tool that we can use in our personal lives and, you know, to support what's happening in the world around us too. Mm, I love that. And it's such a great uh, reminder of also that as we cultivate loving kindness within ourselves, the thoughts within ourselves, the, you know, and it doesn't mean you're not going to feel fear or anger or, you know, things that maybe you want to try to push down. Sometimes actually having, doing meta will actually bring up the anger, will actually help to release and cleanse that. Um, but the reminder of what you're doing for yourself is also an energy that's emanating around you and and i would imagine that everyone if you really thought about it a feeling of when there's someone in your life who it just feels good to be around them or someone in your life who it just feels ugh, to be around 
someone and it's not even what they're saying or doing. It's just the presence of, of who they are. And if you're not aware of it, that may be something to actually tune into. Why you all of a sudden feel sad whenever you talk to a certain person or mm -hmm. angry or feel joy-filled or feel love, you know, and, and that. So thank you for sharing also that, uh, that you can, you don't have to be sitting in one place to practice metta that you can take your practice and take a walk with it mm -hmm. or someday get back on the subway with it. Although there are people who are still out in the world and taking the subway. And mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's something we do focus on um, during May is for metta is what we call a formal practice where you do might do a daily sitting meditation and informal practices, or I like to say sometimes on the spot you know, <laughs> I like that. And carry with you wherever you go. So. Well, why don't you, um, I know that you're going to lead us in day one, but how about telling everyone what is May is for Meta, and then, um, and then take us into day one, lead us in the practice for today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've been practicing Meta, uh, I guess could be around 15 years or so, um, and also um, had started leading meditation groups, local groups in different areas um, when I lived in New York and then when I moved down to Maryland. And meadow would always be a practice I bring in pretty regularly um, and find that people really resonate with. Um, I think, you know, on one level because it helps generate good feelings. So there's a positive quality there. Um, but it also has a very good structure for meditation um, in terms of the working with the energy and the phrases and particularly um, for new meditators, sometimes gives a little bit more of a structure and anchor to help build a practice um, as well as uh, for people practicing to just go deeper in, in their practice. Um, but I had a desire to create something that maybe was a virtual program that people can do you know, beyond the weekly group um, or uh, whether locally or just anywhere. Um, but the other thing that happened, um, I had I've been working as a holistic health practitioner um, for a long time, but at around that time in 2010, I had begun to bring more of my work to the realm of uh, addiction and mental health recovery and with a desire to bring holistic recovery uh, pathways programs there. And I was working in a treatment program at the time, it was a residential program, and um, and I led a lot of different um, holistic groups, um, shamanic healing and meditation, as well as working with individuals. And so Meadow was one of the groups that I would lead, and I just really saw the benefit for the participants who were in very early recovery. Um, and, you know, they, they, they were able to really connect with the practice more easily than some other types of practices. And also, um, you know, a lot of times um, their relationship with themselves, but family members, people in their lives was, you know, broken um, by active addiction. And the Metta uh, practice gave them a container for beginning to work on those relationships. And I just saw a really powerful impact there, um, as well as their sense of connection overall, which had been my own experience. Um, and I wanted to create something that, you know, people can use, you know, beyond the treatment, you know, their time in treatment as well. So 
Um, so it was just, it happened to be May and I had the idea to start May as Fermenta <laughs> that year in 2010 and started in a Facebook group um, that first year. I uh, just invited people and people invited friends and, um, and it just, you know, kind of took off. We had, I think, 116 practitioners that first year. And then um, in 2012, I started my blog called The Heart of Awakening, Searching for a New Paradigm. So I moved the practice over there. Um, so since then, um, it's been, I share daily posts for the 31 days. And there's a little bit of a teaching um, or, or sharing about an aspect of metta, um, beginning with just starting building your foundation of metta, of the quality of it, and going through all the different categories. And then each day there's a, um, a guided daily practice that people can follow. And um, we do continue to have a Facebook group if people want to join there and connect in community as well um, or um, get the posts via daily email. So there's a few ways to connect. Um, and then um, this is, a, as we mentioned, our 10th year. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and I say with a short hiatus um, last year, I, I had been going through a very challenging time in my life, um, a period of uh, loss and grief. And um, a good friend of mine, actually, who was, I'm probably going to cry, <laughs> was a member of the Mayus Fermetic community since the beginning, um, Bud Stupai, supporting him. Sorry. <laughs> in the, going T through. Tender, you know, he only died a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was uh, going through a very difficult cancer journey that was kind of just beginning um, at this time last year. And I was um, one of his uh, supporters. And so just uh, between the loss and grief I had been in and supporting him, didn't have the energy to hold the container last year. So, um, but I'm happy to be back uh, this year. And it feels very um, fitting that we, you know, come together in this way as uh, chaotic and um, difficult that the world is amidst our current crisis so um, but I did want to one more breath <laughs> I did really want to um, dedicate this year's practice to Bud because he's been a great supporter of Maze for Meta and if you um, even in some of the posts sometimes you know some of his comments and things still pop up so his energy's with us <laughs> so I love that he he was a special man and he left a special energy for us all to stay connected with. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I want to say to the listeners also that you may feel like you need to be out there doing something right now. And as Beth was saying that some of the things that were going on in, in last year it was not time for her to hold space. For anyone else, it was time to hold space for herself. And she's back holding space for herself and holding space for you. But your practice right now may be holding space for yourself and feeling the feelings that you have now and doing this as a practice of loving kindness for yourself and seeing how that builds to follow, follow the daily uh, prompts and the daily practice and notice where you can love and have loving kindness for others and for the world also but start with we'll start with yourself yeah and um yeah i want to 
to say something at some point about that um, that um, kind of relates to what you just shared. Um, you know, certainly this is a practice of loving kindness and compassion. <laughs> and when we come to a new practice, sometimes we can have the tendency to set very high standards for ourselves and maybe, you know, kind of plan to have very rigid self-discipline and, um, and, and, that's okay if we, you know, but we also want to be gentle with ourselves in the process. So, um, so it's an opportunity to maybe change some of those patterns about how we approach creating change in our life or um, being present, you know, with ourselves or our practice. So um, this feels very important, you know, to kind of, to, to and, and just in general, again, with the, um, you know, stress and uncertainty in our world right now, that it's important to just be gentle with ourselves. Absolutely. So how about leading us in um, today's day one? Yes. Actually, I'm going to uh, just pull up the practice and um, I'd like to um, uh, read it as, or uh, lead it as it is in the post for um, just to support people who are practicing and um, and just to give the listeners a sense of what um, of what uh, you know the practice is like. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. So I'm going to invite you um, wherever you are to find a comfortable position for today. Um, this can be sitting on a chair with your feet flat on the floor, um, or if you, you might want to sit cross legged um, on the floor you know you can even do this practice laying down Um, so really find a comfortable position for yourself and if you are sitting um, it is good to have your spine straight but not tense Um, you may want to put a pillow um, behind your back for support or sit at the leading edge of your chair just to create that support again make sure you're comfortable if you need a cushion or or something to to comfort your body. And once you come into that sitting or laying position, um, just begin to take a few deeper breaths, breathing in for a count of five and out for a count of five. Just letting your body and your mind begin to relax. And for this practice, you may have your eyes closed if that's comfortable for you, or you can just have a soft gaze on the floor in front of you. Sometimes it's helpful also to just kind of allow your chin to tuck slightly toward your chest. Bring your spine and your neck into alignment. And as you're taking those few deeper breaths, take a moment to scan the body for any areas of tension or discomfort. Just allowing the next few breaths to wash over those areas, melting away any tensions. And also scanning your mind for any thoughts, worries, or busyness of the day. And then bring your breath and awareness to the heart center, right in the center of your chest. 
And you can notice how it feels to be present in your heart. This is the center of love, compassion, gentleness, and mercy for ourselves and others. And so as we begin to connect with the energy of our own heart, just tuning in. Sometimes people even feel to place a hand on their heart and if that feels like something you know, in this moment or at any time, it can help uh, just as a way to connect with that heart center. As I mentioned earlier, when the Buddha spoke of metta, he used the example of a mother's love for a child. And he taught that we need to love all beings as a mother loves her child. So that's the essence of our practice. It's generating the feeling of loving kindness and compassion. So we can create that foundation for ourselves and share it with others and the world. So coming into our heart is the beginning of that step. And then we'll take a few moments to recall a time in your life when you felt totally held in the energy of unconditional love and, and compassion. So thinking of a time, and this often can be in relation to a memory of a specific person in your life, perhaps a grandparent, a good friend, a family member, uh, someone when you just think of them, you light up with that energy of love and, and connection. Um, for some people, you may not feel this with a person, and, that, and that's okay. Maybe there's a pet, an animal um, in your life, or even a place that you just feel that sense, uh, a place in nature where you feel that sense of love and connection. Take a moment uh, to think of a time or a person uh, who you are being who can help you to generate that feeling in yourself. And really imagine yourself with them in that moment, letting the feeling and quality of loving kindness and compassion begin to fill your whole being. As you breathe in, let it fill every atom and cell of your being. And as you breathe out, let it just totally surround and envelop you. And this is really the quality of metta or loving kindness. And this is where our practice begins. So allow yourself today to simply spend some time just being with this feeling. With the memory of your person or animal or place that helps generate that in you. And if your mind wanders or distractions arise, you can just remember to come back to this feeling, this quality, and this moment that you called on to generate it. Breathe it right into the center of your chest, into your heart center. Allowing yourself to spend some time being present in the heart with this quality of loving kindness. So this is your practice for today. If you'd want to stay longer, you can pause for a few moments or you can come back to it later. We're beginning by keeping it simple. 
and really exploring the essence of metta and the feeling of loving kindness. So if the chance arises and you remember, just try to connect with it a few times as you go about your day. Maybe as you go to bed tonight, you can make that connection and cultivate the energy of loving kindness, offering it to yourself as you breathe it in and allowing it to surround you as you breathe it out. And you can simply do this by bringing your breath and awareness to your heart center whenever you feel to. And then just simply notice how it feels to connect in this new way. Today is a day to invite loving kindness and compassion into your life in a more conscious way. So I'll invite you to take a few moments to come back. If your eyes are closed, you can open them. Sometimes as you come back, it's good to take a few deeper breaths or move your hands or feet a little bit. I hope you enjoyed the practice. Um, this is just uh, you know day one of Mayus for Meta. So if you're listening and you'd like to join, um, you're, and if you're listening later on and you'd like to join, it's always the perfect time to begin. And the uh, practice will be um, moving forward each day uh, through the month of May and moving through the different elements of Metta and loving kindness practice. I just want to also share, um, there's some daily journal reflections after each day. And so sometimes it's good to create a journal for your um, exploration. It's a way to, again, to get to know yourself better and to help um, support you in cultivating a meditation practice. Because of um, some of the aspects of working with different people in your life um, through the different categories or even all beings, again, we're looking at our sense of connection with others in the world. Um, sometimes it can be a way to work on our different relationships, different, uh, difficult feelings. Um, so there, there's really a lot of opportunity to work with it. Um, and that's part of why we call it uh, 31 Days of Meditation and Exploration Practice. So um, just for listeners, I'll just mention a few of the journal questions um, for today. Um, one was, what did you notice? Uh, did you find a time to practice? How did it feel? Um, if not, what stopped you? Um, did you decide on a place to practice? What will help you practice tomorrow? How did it feel with your heart center, uh, to connect with your heart center and feel the feeling of loving kindness? And are there any obstacles to your practice that you're aware of? That's for today, and that's just uh, an example of what some of the daily journaling might be like. Hope you enjoyed uh, today's practice. Hmm. Thank you, Beth. I, I I will share a couple of things that came up for me as an example of what can happen. Um, first of all, my Grandmother Jackie was a total love beam, um, and we never lived in the same town when I was growing up, but she would pop in and stay with us uh, every two or three years, and I would get to feel that, that love from her. And two other things popped up for me today. I'm staying with my friend Karen in Seattle during this time, and her husband is staying with his parents 
about 15 minutes from here. So we're all in interesting living situations. Um, but they have two cats. And every night, Karen and I will watch something together on Netflix. And one of the cats, Kushka, always come, we call it magic, that I have the magic blanket. And she will come over and just cuddle in a way that is so loving and like she just like stretches out her arm and cuddles in and I, I just held that in my body like what that feels like to have that sweet pet who will come up and cuddle with you and and kiwi the the cat likes to come and cuddle with me in bed um but then the other thing right before we were doing this show i saw that jack johnson had recorded his song better together better when we're together with people on a zoom recording on youtube and i got up and i just started dancing to that and it was like so much love in my heart for that song and the other thing about that song is whenever i hear it i'm thinking better together better when we're all together but then it's also this feeling of like when i'm fully present with myself and I have that kind of loving kindness for myself. There's this feeling of, oh, we're better when we're together. You know, like when all the parts of me are present and when I can feel that compassion and love for myself. So I, I was moving from the better when we're all together to, oh, life is so much better when I'm together with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, I think that's part of why um, we do spend quite a bit of time um, at the beginning of the practice, you know, um, beginning to generate the feeling of um, metta and loving kindness and then offering it to ourselves. We don't rush to move to offering it to others because, you know, we do, um, it's not that often that, you know, we take that time for ourselves and, and it's just so essential. So as you said, it can really shift our experience of, with ourselves and in life. So, yeah. Well, Beth, as usual, the time has gone very quickly and yes. <laughs> I appreciate you and what you are offering, what you're always offering, different ways of supporting people in the world. But this is a really special time of year. Um, so once again, to the listeners, the link is in the comments section there. If you would like to join or go check out the, the web link to see what this is about, check in with yourself to see if this is a practice you want to explore and there's a place to sign up. It is free. And then, um, Beth, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Is there, um, a burning share <laughs> that you want to leave us with? Um, I guess I'll, I just will leave with um, a few of the meta phrases offering it to the listeners today. So um, may you be happy, may you be peaceful, may you be free of suffering and may you have ease of well-being. Mm. And as my teachers say, Tashidala, I honor the greatness within you. So thank you um, for listening and connecting today. And Andrea, thank you and giving me a big virtual hug. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and helping anchor in um, and, and both returning to Mayas for Meta and celebrating 10 years of Mayas for Meta and, um, and all your support, you know, now and always.
Well, much love. And thank you to all the listeners. This is Carving a New Path. That's all for today. Thank you.